Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I hope you have had a fantastic week. On this episode of Miles Away, we're going to take you through how to book a ski trip at several resorts in North America. This is your host, Zach Honig, and whether you're looking to head out west to Colorado and Utah with your friends or take the family to Vermont, this episode explores when to book, hotel options, and getting there on points and miles. So TPG family is joining me on this episode of Miles Away. We've got Summer Hull, uh, also known as Mommy Points. Always and forever. Always and forever. Summer joined us a, a few months back to head up our TPG family efforts. And I've been reading Mommy Points for a very long time. Mommy Points was actually my go-to Points and Miles blog before TPG. That's so amazing. You're the OG reader. The OG reader. I, I can't even remember when I started reading. When did you launch the blog? I think I launched it in 2011. Okay. I've definitely been reading since 2011. Oh. So very early on. Happy days. Yeah, no, Mommy Points Forever. We've got a little bit of a different name we use at TPG Family, but still Mommy Points on social, so we're calling it good. Very cool. And uh, we have Kathleen Christensen, who is a TPG contributor, joining us from London. Hello. How is London this time of year, Kathleen? Nice and rainy and dark. Nice and rainy and dark. But lots of Christmas lights. Do we get some snow in the winter? There, there was a lot of snow last year, actually. Okay. Any ski resorts just in the London area? Or Not no? in London area, but there are in Scotland. So do you come to the U.S. to ski in general, or what, which, where's your go-to? So go-to is usually within Europe, so kind of Italy and France. But if you want the big family North American ski experience, you have to come over. And I, I have to say, I'm not picking up on a heavy U.K. accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am originally from Maine. Oh, so. Maine. Okay. And there are some ski resorts in Maine. I yes, heard of a few. Yes, and very family-friendly. Uh, Sugarloaf and Sunday River, that's where I grew up skiing every Wednesday after school. All right, so Sugarloaf I've heard of before. There are a lot of people that come from out of state to, to ski Sugarloaf. Yeah, and it's actually something, because it's so family-friendly, it, they do a lot of deals from the U.K. So I actually meet a lot of people in London who have flown over to ski in Maine. Which huh. seems so a little funny. crazy. Are there <laughs> flights to, to Portland, Maine, or how do they get there? So to Boston. Okay. And then you can either take a bus up um, or you just rent a car. It's four-hour drive, and people usually break it up with a stay in Portland, Maine. I, I'm sure I'm sure the skiing is great in Sugarloaf, but <laughs> I'm going to have to introduce those folks to Zermatt because I think that there's some pretty <laughs> incredible resorts right in their backyard. Zach, yeah. you should be like the ambassador for Zermatt. I think I should. Well, I, I had one of their bumper stickers. I didn't even have a car. I think I, I put them all over my like filing cabinets in college. So I'm for someone that doesn't Zermatt know, freak. where is Zermatt, Zach? Zermatt is about four hours by train from Zurich or Geneva, so you can fly into to either of those two airports. It's in Switzerland on the Italian border in the Alps, so you can actually ski down into Cervinia, Italy. So you stay in Switzerland, you have your breakfast and dinner in Switzerland, and then you can have lunch in Italy. You actually ski down the other side of the mountain and you're in Cervinia. And How it's fancy. the craziest thing, Love. I have to say. And then Amazing. fondue dinner over in Switzerland. But 
Speaking of fondue dinners, have you come across any at your favorite resort in the U.S.? Yeah. So we um, we love going to Keystone, which I'm sure we'll dig into. And when you take Keystone, when you're at Keystone, you can take the gondolas all the way up at night. And they have a fondue place at the very top. Oh, that's cool. Which is a lot of fun. And if you've never been to fondue in Zermont or wherever, <laughs> then it just it's just as good as the real deal. I, I had some fantastic fondue at Igludorf. I which am is, sure <laughs> you did. <laughs> but I actually did that. I, I went up in a snowcat once in Whistler, which is an, another favorite, I would say, in North America. And we it took about an hour, I feel like, to get up the mountain in that snowcat at night. But we had an amazing fondue dinner all the way up at the top of the mountain with an incredible view yeah. uh, of Whistler just down I'm below. I'm a huge fan of those like really unique, fun dinners you can have on ski mountains that you're not going to have anywhere else, at least not anywhere else in North America. Yeah, there's one in Vail at the top. Um, you could take the gondola up at night, and then you take a snowcat. It's called Game Creek. It's oh, amazing. wow. Okay, Game Creek. I'm literally writing that down. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I have to add, yesterday we were chatting, getting ready for this, and Zach was saying, you know, he lives obviously in the New York area, and that he would just as rather just go ahead and fly over and ski at Zermont as heading to Colorado, saying it's almost as easy. All right, that <laughs> might have been a stretch. I was comparing it to Whistler, I think. Okay, okay, it was comparing to Whistler, but um, but yeah, no, I got to try that. If you live East Coast, maybe that is worth a try. If yeah. you live, you know, kind of where I do in Texas and further west, then then maybe we'll hit Colorado and Whistler. We will definitely do a Zermont episode at some point. <laughs> I have no doubt. I want to focus on North America now as much as I want to talk about Zermont. As fancy as it minutes. sounds. Yes. Um, so, Summer, what, what besides Keystone, and I know we mentioned Whistler briefly, what are, what are your go-tos? So it's kind of like picking a favorite kid. I don't have a favorite mountain. I have different mountains I love for different things. And I think Keystone is a great all-around family mountain and affordable in a lot of different ways. I do also love Whistler if you want, like, almost pretty much guaranteed good snow for a lot of months out of the year. And the way that the dollar has been against the Canadian dollar, it's not been... It's not been nearly as expensive as skiing in Colorado. I mean, at all. So Whistler has been a family favorite of ours. And then heading to um, Utah. And we've skied recently at Canyons and Park City. Those have been other favorites of ours. Have you been to Sugarloaf or any of these uh, fantastic ski resorts on the East Coast? You know, I lived in New York for a few years in grad school. And so I have skied some East Coast things. I have not skied at Sugarloaf. Um, but, you know, where I live now in Texas, we don't really make it up to the East Coast to ski. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but Forgiven. I have skied at some East Coast resorts. And it is kind of fun. It's a very different experience. But it's still a fun experience. And K- Kathleen, so what what are your go to resorts? I know you mentioned Vail, but on, on, let's talk East Coast a little bit because it's it's probably an area that a lot of TPG readers and listeners are not all that familiar with. Yeah, and, because there's also Killington in Vermont, which I, is yep. probably the most famous. I mean, I will always kind of pay homage to Maine because that's where I'm from. But kind of what I love about Sugarloaf is that you can just kind of drive up and there's a ski school and and daycare that you don't have to pre-book. On the mountain. On the so, mountain. Mm-hmm. Just drop them off the so half the days. Kids. No pre-booking? I can't even understand this. Because <laughs> yeah. in Colorado at the major resorts, you have to like book forever Months. in advance exactly. or just good luck to you. <laughs> No, no pre-booking is great because if your kid is just not feeling it that day, I guess, it, you, you know, you're no pressure. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah, and we usually stay locally either on the mountain, but you can also stay locally in Airbnbs that are even people's summer residences on okay. lakes, and they're just a little bit further away. There's always parking there. Have, so, you, have you ventured up to Canada at all? I mean, you're not too far from the border. No, I, 
I really, I do want to try going up for, I mean, I have been to Canada, but not for skiing. Um, there was definitely talk about it when we were 18. And <laughs> uh-huh. that was oh, yes. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but, um, no, just because it's, uh, you can usually get a pass that's either Sunday River or Sugarloaf. Okay, kind so of growing up those we would for just, the season. Yeah. Then. So, I really want to try going to, you know, with Hyatt acquiring Two Roads Hospitality and getting a lot of different hotels coming under their wing. I really want to try Stowe, even though everyone says that's silly when you're used to Colorado. I don't care. Um, I want to go to Vermont and stay at the Stowe Mountain Lodge once it's under the Hyatt flag and we can use some Hyatt points. Very cool. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially when you can use points. And we'll dig into to points and miles a little bit more uh, in the second segment. But I do want to touch on one of my favorite East Coast resorts, probably my absolute favorite East Coast resort. And I mean, compared to the West, that's not saying all that much, but it's it's Tremblant. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think it's that's right. Spelled T-R-E-M-B-L-A-N-T, and it's in Quebec. It is about an hour and a half drive north of Montreal, so you can either fly into Montreal, uh, which is Y-U-L, um, or you can fly into the uh, Montremblant Airport, and that's actually an hour drive away from, from the resort. So my preference is to fly nonstop to Montreal. You can get really cheap flights from uh, the New York area. It's about a 40-minute flight. It's very easy to go up there for a long weekend. And, I mean, it's such a cool environment. It's just, it reminds me a little bit of Zermatt. I was going <laughs> to say, I bet it has a European feel. It has a European feel to it for sure. Um, and so I, I remember uh, everything is, is French. They are French-speaking. And I've been going for years, and my favorite bakery was called Creme de la Creme. Mm. And I actually learned a little bit of French so that I could order a, a cookie and then a different variety of cookie and then oh a third God. variety of cookie. So <laughs> that was Goals. my first exposure to, to French culture, shall we say. Yes. And so if you do go there, there's a Westin if you want to go and stay on points. That's been on our list to do for a while. Hopefully in the next year or so we'll make it. So as far as picking a, a hotel chain to, to stick with, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of Marriott options these days, especially after the, the Starwood acquisition. Yeah. I mean, they're, ma- they're massive, right? So they have a lot of hotels just by the nature of being massive. But they do, you know, even before the merger, I think Starwood was a crown jewel of ski resort locations. And so now when you combine that with what Marriott also had, I think that they are probably the best uh, if you like to stay on or near the mountains, um, they're not the only option. Hyatt has some great ones as well. Hilton has some. Uh, but, yeah, I think Starwood and Marriott, especially combined, have the most near or on mountain options. So when you're planning a trip for your family, do you go hotel first and redemption option first? Or do you pick a destination and then ch- kind of just figure it out? Well, I'm formally known as Mommy Points, right? So the points do come high on my list. And... You know, and I have kids, and so I want to stay where it's going to be convenient. And if we need to bail out for a nap, that's right there on the mountain. And so for me, I think that the the places that have on-mountain hotels I can book with points have been the ones that we have gone after mostly in the last few years. So you do a mix of trips. You do, you do quite a few trips each year skiing. How many do you have planned this year or uh, hoping have, to have planned? <laughs> we have two actually booked, um, but I did buy an Epic Local Pass this year. It's the second year I bought a ski pass in a row. And what I love about it is it keeps your per day costs lower, but it also encourages you to just go ahead and book that trip. I mean, last year, I think I had taken two trips on my pass and it came up an opportunity to meet a friend in Keystone. And I did it because it wasn't going to cost any more to ski. I had the hotel points and, you know, just book a flight to Denver and there we were. And I don't know that I would have jumped on that opportunity if I didn't have a pass. So I like that it encourages me to just make it work and spend some time out on the mountains. 
Yeah, especially when you're looking at over $100 a day. Exactly. Yeah, and when you already have it, and, you know, with the Epic Local Pass, there's a few days you can't ski that are blacked out, but it's a very small number, and otherwise you can ski as much as you want at a whole bunch of different mountains. And so, um, yeah, it encourages you to just do it. So I have two booked, and I hope to do a kind of spur of the moment third this year. So how did the logistics work, you know, from a, a family trip versus a friend's trip or a couple's trip? I mean, there are so many different options when it comes to skiing, but yeah. I love uh, – my, my dad actually has some some young kids. I don't know if we've even talked about this yet, but um, I love skiing with them. It's a ton of fun, but we're skiing greens the whole time. I mean, it's, it's a very different experience. Yeah, it really is. My oldest daughter – um, she's eight now, and last year was her first year that we could actually ski together. I blew my knee trying to teach her when she was four. Um, and was just skiing backwards down the mountain? It was. It was like we, I think we were even stopped. We were just a full stop on the greenest, greenest green run <laughs> in the whole wide world. And Magic carpet ride. Yeah, and our skis just got you know mixed up, and she just started heading the wrong direction down the mountain, and my knee went with her. And so, I mean, we'd done ski school, but I was just trying not to that day because it gets really expensive. <laughs> the knee was more Unlike expensive. Unlike the knee. The knee was the more surgery. expensive. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's really different. But now that she has hit seven years old, eight years old, we are able to ski some, some greens and even started some blues last year. And so that was a game changer. Real, a lot of fun. Yeah, and my husband's European, so he's really taught me a different way of looking at a ski vacation in that you look at the whole experience because I grew up seeing how many runs I could get in in a day. The American way. The American way, top to bottom. We're not it's stopping. Like that crazy trip to Disney World. <laughs> exactly. How many rides can we do? Ready, set, go. And when he skied the first time with my brother and I, and he was just like, do you guys even stop for coffee? Do you stop for lunch? We're like, no, we have bars in our bag. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> we're ready to go. Water, what's that water backpack called? Yeah. The camel, camel bag. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Camel sure. bag at camel it's bag. frozen, but it will heat up against oh my, my back. <laughs> so kind of really now I'm looking at what else is on offer in either the little village or in the area because we might want to do a day of snowshoeing. And so it also breaks up the cost mm-hmm. um, or a day of Nordic mm-hmm. skiing. Um, and, you know, something where we're pulling the kids. And so it's still, it's actually a great workout. And mm-hmm. then they also aren't on skis because that kind of takes a very particular type of patience. And there's tubing and ice skating and other activities. Oh, dog sledding. Dog I have found sledding. to be a tremendous activity with kids who are like three, four you know, maybe they're not ready for a full day on skis yet all the time, but they are always ready to be packed into a dog sled. That's been a super fun activity. Not cheap, but super fun. So skiing, I mean, unless you're going spring skiing, it can be pretty cold outside. You're going to spend a fair amount of time probably in the lodge or in your hotel. Uh, and I want to dig into the hotel options quite a bit. Uh, but first, we have to take a quick break. So when we come back, we are digging into your favorite hotels at the top resorts in North America. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
So we are back on miles away talking winter ski destinations and skiing with families and friends and couples with Kathleen Christensen, who's visiting us from London. Hello. And Summer Hall of Mommy Points. Who's visiting Howdy from Texas. Howdy from Texas. <laughs> Texas is actually somewhere where I would consider heading in the winter. It's, it's a lot more pleasant than in August, I'd have to say. Oh, it's so brutal in August. Yeah, yeah. It, in the winter, we have cold days. It's actually already snowed this year, which is bizarre for Houston. Oh, my Houston. God, I had it no idea. Like I missed that entirely. It was crazy. Um, but, yeah, usually we're fine in the winter. Bring a light coat, you'll be good. So we, we just rounded out one of the, uh, the biggest ski weeks of the year, which is Christmas week. Uh, a lot of people travel during Christmas, obviously. I mean, that's probably the most expensive time to travel. But if you do really want to travel somewhere to ski over Christmas week, how far in advance should you plan? Uh, you should start booking 2020 now, like literally, if that's the week you want. If you want the week between Christmas and New Year's, um, at some hotels, you're just never going to get it on points. They're going to find ways to play with it, and it's never going to be available. But if you're booking as soon as the window opens, which is about a year in advance with most programs, with Hyatt, it's just a tick even longer than that. You can sometimes grab it, uh, but you really, if you want that week in particular, you need to be booking your hotel on points a year in advance. No joke. So that's for the big resorts like Vail and, and Park City and Utah. And yeah, I mean, it is. If you're willing to stay a little bit further away from the mountain, you probably don't have to be as obsessive with it. But um, but even still, that is just that's their money making week. And if you want to not be spending your money, then you've got to jump on it as far in advance as possible. And Kathleen, how how does it work in the, in the Northeast? I mean, is it a little bit easier? Can you plan a, a month or two out? It is, it is a bit easier. Um, I mean, the school vacation weeks, the week December is also not the best skiing in the northeast so we need a bit more snow i mean we'll start snow making in august if we can but it's so you can actually get a lot of good deals kind of even in the run-up to christmas um and for doing that week or I, i had friends that were skiing over thanksgiving this year because we just happened to get hit early like here in new york um and i so i think you can wait a little bit but it depends if you want those mega weeks you always have to start planning it early i mean when it comes to friend trips and couples you have a little more flexibility because you're not tied to the school year but if you're planning for a family yeah. how far out do you plan for president's week for example or any other I mean, time it's that you honestly can travel? the same answer when you're booked when you're locked into the school schedule in those really peak weekends or weeks if you can book a year in advance or however long the hotel will let you like i said with hyatt you have a little more than a year then do it. You can usually cancel until closer in. I'll warn you, it's ski resorts. They aren't stupid. And they make the cancellation windows really long because they don't want you bailing on them if it's not a good snow year. So your cancellation window may be 30 days or 60 days, but it's not a year usually. So you can usually lock something in and then play with your schedule. Um, But we skied last New Year's. We were at Whistler and we booked that one, I think, 18 months in advance when Starwood let you. Now it's closer to a year. Um, but it wasn't just the hotel we had to book for in advance. It was also the childcare, because last year my youngest wasn't old enough to ski, and so she had to be in their nursery program. And they only take like a handful of kids in this program each day. And so, if you didn't book it months in advance, you weren't getting in. And if you didn't get in, what were you going to do with oh your two-year-old God. all day? So there's a lot of logistics at play on those peak weeks for families. So just plan it early, and then you can relax and have fun. So what are you planning for 2020 at this point? Ooh, that's a good question. I keep putting off snow mass. I've been, but I haven't been in a long time. So I'm thinking that next year will be when we make it to Aspen. Um, But that influences everything when you want to get ski passes, because 
you don't want to be skiing at different families of resorts in a year unless you just, you know, you're a rich baller. <laughs> Otherwise, if you get a ski pass, you want to make sure that you're skiing at a lot of different mountains on that pass. And so Aspen is on the Icon Pass and not the Epic Pass. So we're having an epic year this year. But maybe ski season 2020 will be some icon resorts yeah. like Aspen. Iconic, if you will. It will be iconic <laughs> instead of epic. Do those passes cover peak dates? So, I mean, if you're if you're traveling over Christmas or President's Weekend or... It depends. There's different levels of passes within each family. So there is, a, you know, a version of the icon pass that will let you ski all those days. And there's a version that won't. And same in the epic family. Um, so you do need to not only know your mountains, but you need to know if you're going on those super, super peak days or not. Kathleen, are these passes uniquely North American? Is it something that you see in Europe at all? Or? No, in Europe, they it is more, well, first of all, it's just less expensive to ski. So true. Which is surprising. <laughs> I mean, you'd expect like, let's Europe just start be, with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can get a, a multiple day, but usually you don't get a season-long pass. Um, there might be some local deals, like within France or within Italy, um, but if you're going over... But you can often get it tied in with a rental or with accommodation or you know, they'll give away ski passes like just very easily because they're so relatively like six flags if you bring a can of Coke, you right? get 50% off. <laughs> Basically. It kind of is. I skied. I mean, I don't have a lot of Europe ski experience at this point, but we did go to Norway a few years ago to ski. And, you know, Norway is expensive. Like, you're used to oh things God, costing a lot in Norway. It's like 7-Eleven is – like, a meal at 7-Eleven is the cheapest you can get. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, a hot dog at 7-Eleven is $10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was shocked when we – you know, we were in Norway skiing and a lift ticket – I mean, don't quote me, but I feel like it was like 40 or 50 U.S. dollars a day at one of their big resorts, which, you know, isn't cheap. But it's 200 if you do a walk-up rate in the U.S. And so paying 40-something dollars in Norway – like, this is crazy, but you're right. It's just a more affordable activity over there in general than it is at these mega resorts in the U.S. So it's a little bit late, I think, to get some of these ski passes for, for North America at this point. Isn't it is it? for this ski season, but, you know, they usually start selling them for next year as the ski season starts wrapping up. And it depends, but sometimes I've even seen them offer some spring skiing for the current season on next year's pass. So it just depends. But, um, yeah, by, by the time April rolls around, for sure they will have the passes on sale for next year. And that's the cheapest time to buy them. You get more perks and a cheaper price the earlier you buy. So why are you going Icon next year instead of Epic? Well, I'm not sold on it yet, but I do really want to go to Aspen and stay at the Weston Snowmass right on the mountain. They have a phenomenal ski school program with a really cool indoor-outdoor program for the little ones, which I think that my youngest daughter will be a perfect age for. So, again, the points do kind of influence our decisions, and the Weston Snowmass is only 35,000 Marriott points a night currently, and you can use one of those awards from a lot of the different SPG and Marriott credit cards. So, If you have points, you can, you can do a ski trip somewhat affordably, especially if you use miles for the flight. Yeah. If you find saver availability. Yeah. But if not, you know, is, is the East Coast somewhere that you want to look towards, or, or Canada? I mean, where, where are you going to find a, a, an excellent value or, you know, a ski trip on a budget? The smaller resorts. That's yeah. that's the mm-hmm. honest answer. I mean, for example, like A Basin and Loveland outside of Denver. I mean, well outside of Denver, but you can fly into Denver and you can ski at those resorts and buy their four packs of tickets and you're paying, you know, 40 or $50 a day then or less maybe, depending on what kind of deal you get, which is amazing compared to what it's going to cost you to ski at Breckenridge right down the road. So. 
My parents, they ski in Utah or even outside of Vegas a lot of years. Oh, wow. And they, what series right outside of Vegas? Oh, I forget what it's called. Mount Charleston is kind okay. of popping. It might be that. And then they ski at Brian Head in Utah. And they'll spend, I mean, they're seniors, but their tickets are like $25 a day. And so they're going with us to Breckenridge this year, and they cannot get over what it costs. I mean, like, they almost don't want to go. Because for one day of skiing at Breckenridge, they could ski for many days at one of these smaller resorts. So don't tell them, but that's their gift this year is tickets <laughs> to Breckenridge. But, um, that's but a yeah. pretty nice gift. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, target the smaller resorts because you can get lift tickets for, you know, $30, $40 a day. Mm-hmm. And another thing that we've done, even with going to the mega, you know, the large resorts, because we stayed at the Marriott Vale, um, but they have the extra fees. It's fifty dollars a day resort fee, oh, resor- oh. and the resort fee, and Stop. sixty dollars a day valet. Oh gosh! What in, a, in addition to the resort fee? Yeah, that's insane. So we took the bus, the Mountain Explorer, from the airport. Okay, so we kind of use points no to car. get to Denver. Mm-hmm. No car. Definitely not paying sixty dollars no. a day. To what do they say the resort fee includes? So that includes the ski valet. The ski valet, which <laughs> someone someone that walks your skis to the someone lift for you, and then they and your kids' skis mm-hmm, brush the <laughs> snow off. Yeah, so you have to have your five or like fives at the ready. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. But it's it, so it includes that it's it's a resort, a Marriott resort. So even with status, there's no breakfast. So we're kind of stashing lots of. Bars. <laughs> this is where Hyatt kicks Marriott's tail because if you're using points, you won't be paying those resort fees. Which, just like what you're saying, like at the Park Hyatt Beaver Creek, it's at least fifty dollars a day for their resort fee if you're paying cash, but zero if you're staying on points. Now, I mean, even in Denver, I, I could look. I haven't recently, but I mean, it might even be cost uh, you know, effective to take an Uber from the airport to one of these ski resorts. I don't know if it is from Denver, yeah. but it absolutely is in Salt Lake. In Salt Lake City, you can take an Uber from the airport to a variety of area mountains for like thirty-five or forty dollars. How does that work with kids, though? Because you need car seats, right? Can you bring yeah. your own car seats, or do you need to get some special Uber that has car seats? I've done it a lot of ways, but I will often travel with my own car seat to some of these places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there is such thing as Uber Family, but not every city has that. I mean, let's face it: when you are flying on a ski trip with little kids, you're going to look like a donkey no matter what. Yeah. So, what's one more piece of donkey luggage? <laughs> What kind of stuff are you bringing? I mean, you're checking some bags with your winter clothes, obviously. Do you bring your own skis and boots and helmets and So helmets, yes. We do bring helmets. We do bring a lot of gear. Oh, my God. We looked like we were moving when we went to Whistler last year. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, But we don't have our – I own a snowboard, but I haven't skied or haven't snowboarded in years. But I think that this is the year I'm going to start buying ski gear again, at least starting with boots. I'm a little bit tired of renting them, and you never know how it's going to turn out. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think we are going to start skiing with more gear, but that's okay because my kids are aging out of that age range where we're going to need as much baby gear, car seats. So I think that one is going to replace the other. That makes sense. Kathleen, how do you do it? Yeah, so we travel with our own boots, um, not for the kids. Well, one of my children is one and a half, so he does not (laughs) wear ski boots yet. Um, Soon, though. By the time he's two and a half. Um, so we don't tra- we travel with boots, and then we usually rent skis. Mm-hmm. And we see if they're doing demo days and a variety of things. Also, kind of maybe time it out so we're only renting for part or try to get it packaged in. Um, or we travel with our skis as well. Um, it's usually we do all the skis or none of the skis. Um, yeah. Because you might as well just put them all in the same bag. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there's winter clothes. But, I mean, kids' stuff is pretty small. 
but I don't know. Somehow it ends up huge. It does. <laughs> so I'll tell you my trick. I don't know if they're a big out of North America yet. I don't think they are, but I am a huge sucker for ski butlers. Ski butlers will bring all of the like it's riddle like a gear. Sherpa. It's amazing. They bring it to your hotel room because I hate waiting in those super long rental shop lines. And sometimes they are really long. And you've got kids and it's just, you're I hot. Was, it's in the crazy. Poconos, I spent two hours yes. waiting for a year. It was insane it's for a worst. day trip. So ski butlers, look them up. Um, and there's usually some discount codes if you do some online sleuthing. But they bring the gear right to your hotel room. Like, even if it's nap time for your babies or whatever, you can still be getting fitted for your rental gear in your hotel room. And then if anything is wrong, they'll bring you new stuff. So they bring, like, ten pairs of boots? Yes. Or how does that work? It is amazing. Oh, they are, like, okay. magic. And it's not really significantly cheaper than going to a rental shop, especially if you can find a discount code somewhere. And so they are my saving grace. And I'll say, I don't know why I'm bigging up the Vale Marriott so much, but in the basement – they have a rental shop. Mm-hmm. So okay, it's kind helps. of right on site. And, and then that, you keep your stuff there. Yes, that's true at the Westin Whistler, too. But even still, the line there can be nasty, nasty if you go at the wrong time. Can you get better deals or better skis if you go to one of the little shops in, in the village? Or, you know, do you always just go to the, the main official? I'm you know, sure res- if you're running off the mountain a little bit, you can probably save some. Mm-hmm. But with kids, I'm not willing to trade off $5 or $10 or whatever the savings is. Like, whatever is the easiest. That is going to win for me with kids every yeah. time. I would Which take a day off skiing. Over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just bought uh, you know our, our lift tickets for Trumbla online, and it coded as travel, which I was pretty excited to see. That uh, is really exciting. So what makes that appealing is that I could use like Venture Miles or something and, yeah. and cancel out that charge. Is that typical? Can you use points and miles that way? To, I to... think it really varies. I mean, obviously, some of these cards where you can use your points to wipe out anything, um, that's amazing. But I don't think that lift tickets consistently post as travel. I think it's real hit and miss, especially when you're buying some of these passes. So I think that's a post we should dig into yeah. and do some test purchases. Oh, absolutely. Tell Brian we need his credit card. A season of test purchases. We'll do some <laughs> test purchases, TPG ski. Um, because obviously some do, but some don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they don't, maybe they code as entertainment, which would open some options up as well. So we need to dig into that. I actually made a huge mistake. I used my Freedom Unlimited card at first because I'm like, oh, this isn't going to earn any bonus. I'm yeah. going to use my Freedom Unlimited card. But it's in Canada, so Uh-oh. I got hit with a, a $50 foreign transaction fee. Oh, snap. But I just called them up. They were really nice about it, and they refunded the charge and then charged my uh, my ultimate Chase Sapphire Reserve card. And then you earned 3X. I earned 3X, yeah. Double win. So I could use my Venture Miles instead, but uh, I wasn't thinking that far. I'm just like, oh, there's no way this is going to code as travel. Yeah, because it doesn't always, but that's good to know. We need to test this. Coming soon. Yeah. So what expenses can people expect in general beyond, I mean, if you're using miles for the flight, points for the hotel, you've got the resort fee at some hotels, not Hyatt's, it sounds like. Yeah. Hyatt's amazing in that regard, as is Hilton. But kind of what what budget, what items might you put on the budget for, for a family ski trip? The big nasty one is lift tickets and um, and ski school. Ski school, is it's really, really expensive, at least at these big resorts in North America. I mean, it can be, honest to God, $200 a day or more. It can be more than $200 a day. Um, and that is just a huge budget buster if you were going to be there multiple days and have multiple little ones. But I've tried to avoid it and blown my knee. I, so don't, like, if you are qualified to teach your kids to ski and you want to do it, go for it. But if you're like me and you're just not qualified for that job, suck it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Save money elsewhere and and splurge on having the professionals teach your kids. So I, I want to end today's episode with your the, the ski trip you're looking forward to most this year. What, what would you say that is? 
Let's start with Kathleen. So I am doing one in Europe. So that is um, to the Dolomites. So I'm really excited about that. Okay, tell us about that. Where are the Dolomites? Flying into Innsbruck in Austria and then going kind of into Italy to go into the Dolomites. And I'm really excited. When are you doing that? So that's going to be mid-January. Okay. So taking advantage of the last year before the school vacation year runs my life. So that's a family trip. That is just going to be me and one child. Oh. So I'm leaving. Not the one and a half year old, I'm guessing. No, he's staying home with my husband. But we're meeting up with some other friends and their three-year-old. So the three-year-olds will go to ski school. And the, and this is one of those mountains that only has blue squares and above. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't even know Which how they do. Which translates slightly differently in Europe, I have learned. Good it point. Does. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know how they do ski school. I don't even know what language it's in. But they'll <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> they will figure it out. Kinder care. As long as they're feeding the kids pasta at lunch, I think. Exactly. And <laughs> looking forward to a 2020 of Whistler. Yes. Oh, That's the cool. big. Okay. Book it early. Booking it early. Watching the flights. I, I have to say, um, you know, spring skiing in, in Worcester sounds fantastic, but I did it at the end of the season one year, and it was just all slush. So mm. keep that in mind. If you're doing spring skiing, I would I would book kind of last minute within yeah. you know, a week or two. Um, but winters in Whistler are incredible. They so are. you're going to be in for a treat in 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Summer? So I have a tie this year. Um, one, I've, for years and years, I've tried to do a big multi-generational family trip to Colorado because we all love Colorado, but none of us live there. Um, and so this year we were able to rent a huge house for 22 people for so much less than hotel rooms would have cost um, near Breckenridge. So we are super duper looking forward to that and having all the cousins together skiing. And then also looking forward to trying out the um, St. Regis Deer Valley while it's just 60,000 points a night. That is a steal. Oh I'm so God. excited. <laughs> and that's one where I'm going to take both girls, but um, just us. And that'll be the first time I've skied with both girls without another adult around. So it'll be an adventure, but it should be fun. So if, if listeners want to follow along with your ski adventures, where will they find you on social media? Yes. So I am on Twitter and Instagram at Mommy Points, M-O-M-M-Y Points, all one word. And Kathleen? And mine is at Triple Passport. Triple Passport? Which okay. she really has. Wait, you have yeah. three passports? I don't, but my children do. <laughs> what so, are their passports? So my children are British, American, and Norwegian. Wow. And okay, those passports. are some lucky kids. The Norwegian passport probably gets them access pretty much anywhere they need visa-free, right? Yeah, they're, they're pretty – they're doing well. Okay, they are set up. <laughs> I only have one passport, but I, I would kill for two. Three is just, I mean, that's a dream. It's amazing, oh it sounds God. like. Lucky kids. Yeah. With right. lots of skiing in their future. Yes, well, they, you know, Norwegians are born on skis. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, Love it. one and a half, two, three and a half, pretty, pretty young to, to be skiing, I think. So. We'll get them out there. Very one cool. and a half year old can't even walk, but we'll get them on skis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wish you guys luck on your ski adventures, your family trips this year, and thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank thanks you, for Zach. having Hope us. To ski with you this year. That'd Absolutely. Awesome. That's it for this week's Miles Away. Thanks again to TPG family Summer and Kathleen. Again, I am your host, Zach Honig, and this episode was produced by Caroline Shagrin with editing by Ryan Gabos. Our theme music is by Alex Schiff. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends and check back next Wednesday when we explore St. Helena with one of the most traveled people in the world, Lee Abamante. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.